You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to Claret and Blue Live. I'm Dan Robinson, joined by Matt Kendrick. Matt, how are you? I'm all right. Must be big news if you've managed to dig me back out again. I know. We've not seen you for a while, but the big news, of course, is Jack Grealish has signed a new five-year deal. Massive, massive news, isn't it? It is major news, and we we tried to kind of book the trend earlier in the summer, didn't we, when people were saying, he's going he's gonna to go, you know, this is the summer when he leaves. Um, and listen, let's not get too carried away. Let's hope that does, doesn't still happen and that they'll have put a five-year contract in front of him to, to double his fee. I don't think that'll be the case. But, um, yeah, it's... It's a massive, a massive boost for Aston Villa. It's a statement of intent. Um, you know, Jack Grealish is going to be in the money, isn't he? Big time. He'll be able to buy some grown-up sized shin pads at long last. <laughs> Four or five, six weeks ago, however long it, it was, we did a big podcast, didn't we? Talking about he's worth more to Villa than he is to anybody else yeah. in this world because it could be the difference. And I know Villa are, are trying to kind of bolster that squad and trying to make a real kind of statement to, to get to that next level, next tier in the Premier League. But Jack Grealish could be the difference between Villa staying up again and going down, which is £100 million plus in the bank. So yeah. would Manchester United or any of these suitors have been convinced enough that Jack Grealish was the difference between them you know, challenging for the title and winning the title. That's that's what they would have to do to cough up that cash. So it makes sense, you know, the, the one... The one issue was whether Jack Grealish could play for England, still being at Villa. So that box has now been ticked off after Gareth Southgate's uh, big book of excuses finally um, <laughs> finally, finally got him the call up. So, yeah, it's it's brilliant news. I mean, what, what's I'm, I'm coming to this a bit late. What's Jack said about, about it himself and what have Villa said? So there's two quotes on the website from Christian Perslow and Jack Grealish. I'll start with Perslow. He says, Jack is an emblem of our owner's vision for Aston Villa. He joined our club as a local boy aged six and has developed him into one of the country's finest players, finally becoming a full England international last week. We are determined to build a top team around him and are delighted that he is extending his contract, committing himself to the club he loves. Uh, Jack Grealish said, I'm delighted to, I won't do the accent, I'm delighted to make this commitment to Villa. It is my club, my home, and I'm very happy to be here. The owners have made it very clear to me how ambitious they are and how they want to build Aston Villa. These are exciting times ahead, and I'm very glad to be a part of it. Oh, that sounds exciting, doesn't it? It's sending shivers down your spine, that. Really? I don't know. I don't know who's written written those quotes for them, but I think <laughs> Christian Pleasure has probably written his own to those, and so has Jack, but they've nailed it, haven't they? Um, you know, I, I know that, that you, Dan Rollinson, have been very fond of tweeting pictures of Jack beaming, smiling at the training ground. <laughs> In, in recent weeks saying, oh, yeah, he looks really unhappy, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> Manchester United, come and get me. That's been the narrative the whole way through, though, hasn't it? It's oh, from everyone outside Villa. It's, oh, there's all these rumours about, oh, he's not even a Villa fan. He's a Man United fan, really. He can't wait to get out of there. Come and get me, plea from Jack Grealish. It's just all nonsense, wasn't it? And that wasn't us kind of, and when we did that podcast, that wasn't us going, oh, we know he's going to stay, so let's get ahead of the curve. Obviously not. That's what we all hope for. But the whole kind of, oh, I can't wait to get out of Aston Villa, come and save me Man United, that was nonsense all the way through. If he had gone to Man United, yes, that might have been the case. But there was never a doubt in my mind that Jack Grealish wants to leave Aston Villa and can't wait to get out of it. Oh, yeah, listen, let's let's fall this let's, let's not try and paint ourselves and our employer 
as kind of pure, you know, as the most pure, you know, <laughs> in all of this. Because we we have had, you know, we, we know that it's been a massive talking point, the the, the gossip and the rumours and, and the speculation. And, you know, it's not without the foundation that Manchester United were, you know, were were interested in Jack yeah, Green. Yeah, yeah. Not not interested to the point that, that they'd cough up the money to, to make Villa want to part with him. But, yeah, it is our it is our place, me and you as Villa fans. I don't think that's any secret. But as as local press to to you know put the side of Aston Villa across as well, and we we yeah. did that in that podcast saying why what what would he need to leave for? You know, there's people in that podcast telling us we were clutching at straws a little bit. The only one thing that Jack Grealish is going to be lacking by staying at Aston Villa. And let's hope this isn't the case when he ticks into the fourth and fifth year of that contract. But for the first couple of years, he's not going to be challenging for trophies. Is he? He's not going to be, well, not challenged for the big trophies. He's not going yeah. to be challenging for for Champions League football unless kind of, you know, and unless there's a, a, a the, the, the direction of travel speeds up a lot, a lot quicker. But, but everything else he can achieve, he can, he can play for his country. He can be one of the best players on the Premier League stage. Uh, you know, and more than that, he can be the main man at a football club who is, I mean, I thought that was a nice word from, from Perslow, to be honest, an emblem of what Villa are. Yeah. That's right. Jack Grealish is the poster boy for that. The fact he's kind of very marketable along with that, he's brilliant, but he's he's epitomised what, what Aston Villa want to be in the last couple of years in terms of turning them to, from kind of championship, mid-table also runs in the championship, to a team that believes that they, they do belong in the Premier League and that, that they can compete in the Premier League. So I think he can achieve most of his ambitions with Aston yeah. Villa. It's up to the people who run the football club now and Dean Smith, who manages the football club, and those teammates alongside him to try and convince him that, over the course of those five years. That's going to be the peak of his career now. He's just yeah, turned yeah. 25. That turn, takes him from 25 to 30. That's when Jack Grealish can be at his absolute maximum. So it's up to up to the people around him to prove that they can match his, match his ambitions. Um, and listen, if we are being cynical and blunt, which can be my way, then if Jack Grealish does decide into, you know, a year or two that... that that Villa can't quite live up to his ambitions. Villa, from a business point of view, have been bang on in terms of protecting their asset. You and me are going to do a proper sit-down season preview podcast tomorrow uh, in person. So we'll get into all the nitty-gritty of the details of this five-year deal. There's some things I want to ask you, but I don't want to do it all now. And I know you've got a meeting. We've also got James Rushton popped up into the call as well. So James, your thoughts on the on the news this afternoon? I can't believe he's gone to Manchester United of all clubs. <laughs> the best news, isn't it? Obviously, it doesn't mean... Uh, transfer outwards is impossible. It just makes it, you know, it, it just reassures us. I think uh, Villa fans are looking for reassurance in the transfer market in terms of contracts. So good news, good news all round. There's a lot of people obviously overjoyed with the news, but the classic, like you just said, Matt, cynical Villa fans amongst us, people saying, will there be a release clause in this contract? Would, would Jack have agreed on a buyout clause? Because Villa will still stand by their 80, 90, 100 billion or whatever it is. Would that be something that gets written into a contract? I wouldn't pretend, and we probably need to get a solicitor on the on the show uh, to tell us the final point to this. But a release court clause now, who knows what what would the market be like in I three don't, well, yeah, I don't know. four yeah. years? Do you know what I mean? It might be that um, Henry Lansbury Henry Lansbury has a kind of you know two hundred million release clause <laughs> in, in a year and a half and stuff like that. So 
I don't know. I've said this before that I think I think Jack is holding enough esteem as a footballer and as a bloke and has a good enough relationship with the, the management to that. <laughs> Listen, I know where business is concerned. Agents will probably insist on, on release clauses, but I, I think there's, there's a grown-up enough relationship there to be had that they will know at, at any given time when a bid comes in, they will know whether it, it, it values Jack Grealish as highly as Villa, Villa do. Yeah. I still don't think that that's going to happen. Who knows if there's a release clause? Let, let's put that. Let, let's put that away till January. You're talking about this story. We'll come back next summer for the transfer window. It'll come back in a few weeks when the January window opens. Villa yeah. oh, had a bad start. He can't wait to leave. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, we're never going to know the ins and outs of any contract deal because there's very. We've said it before. Then there's like very few full contracts that have ever been published in full. There's always release clauses like that's that's just common um, because it gives the players some leverage where they, they don't ha- usually have that much leverage in terms of agreeing a deal elsewhere. So there will be some kind of, I guess there would be a release clause, probably be massive though. Like, like waiting in Jack Green's yeah. favour, not, not least the payrolls, but you know, for him to commit for five years, you know, what you, I think you show me ignorance here. How long did he have left on his existing deal? Does anybody know? Is it a couple of years anyway? Probably like right. three years, maybe. I think it was 2023. Because um, I, I think it was five a five year deal agreed in what twenty eighteen, right. so twenty twenty three makes sense. So it's an extra two years, really, isn't it? Not it's not a new five year deal. It's like just two more years. Can I be excused? I've got I've got a dash for another meeting. I'll let you and James have a little natter if you want. But I'll, yeah, I'll, you go I'll, you go and uh, you go and chat to Jack. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. I wish I, I, I did have any. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the level of importance because I'll offend the person I'm speaking to now if I, if I suggest they're in any way less important than Jack Greeley. I'll catch you later. All right, yeah. thanks. All. It's a good news day. Take care. See you soon, Matt. Bye bye. Brutal reality of live stream. He's gone. He's out of here already. Yeah, now um, we can discuss the real stuff. People saying now the flip side. You know how everyone's got to have a negative opinion to what's oh, going yeah. on. People are now saying, and this is more so from an outside uh, point of view. This shows that Jack Grealish has no ambition. I think that, that, that that's the argument, right? That's that's always going to be the case whenever a player agrees to a new deal. But look, like Matt said, this this contract will have things that favour him, like a, an out clause. If he's not happy with the direction of the club, there'll be a, a set fee that a club can come in. It's a release clause. So yeah, I think like it, it doesn't lock him down to the club for five years. It gives Villa security. It gives fans security, but it doesn't lock him down to the club for five years because there would be, I, I would assume, there would be a clause if the if um, his representative. Speaking outside of my villa hat, right? Taking my villa hat off. If his reps are smart, that'd have put a clause in. Otherwise, I wouldn't I have agreed to a new deal. There's, there's probably a relegation clause in there. This oh, time, absolutely. I would have thought um, that'll be done. We won't be discussing that in March, though, because we'll be so far. Oh yeah, this league table, yeah. Mate. Don't, you just, don't you worry? Don't you worry? I've got my it. I've got my eyes on the comments and I'm trying to kind of play devil's advocate <laughs> on the other side of it. I absolutely don't even think a relegation clause is required this season anyway because I don't think we'll go down, but that's yes. a, a story for another day. So, yeah, what do you want to talk about first, James, since you're the, the guy that I'm going to ask your opinions of? I've got to speak about Burton Albion, haven't we? Like, Go that's, on, that's one and done, isn't it? First uh, competitive match of the season. I hope we do see Grealish. It'll be a shame because there's going to be no fans there, right? So, this big day might be starting, like uh, first com- competitive match of the season. It would have it would have been an outcome that I guess some of us may not have expected 
Grealish to be in a Villa shirt this season, so it's yeah. a bit of a downer. But like, you got to get through this. Um, you got to get through this match. You got to progress. It's a competition Villa won last season. It's probably well got to the final. Sorry, it's in dreamland there. It's a competition yeah. that Villa got to the final of uh, last season. It's the best chance to win a trophy that they've got because other clubs, frankly, as we saw last season, don't take it seriously. So yeah. if Villa take it seriously, got to plot your path to this final. Best chance for silverware, in my opinion. Get it? What, what would you do tonight in terms of team? Because it's it's almost like a pre the final preseason friendly, isn't it? Really for us to. Yeah. Start, to start the season with a cup game, do you go traditionally weaker because it's a cup game, so you play some more of the reserve side, or do you just think, well, this is our final chance before we play? You know, it's, is it what six days we play on Monday, don't we, against Sheffield yeah. United? So it's pretty much a full week before the next game. Do you just go full strength? A bit half and half. A rotated team with. You know, that's spawning. I want. I probably want to see Greedy starting, if I'm honest. McGinn, Mings, you know, the usual characters. But I'd like to see Keenan Davies probably get the start up front and maybe push Ollie Watkins out to the wing just for this one because what's the point? Yeah, you know, get, get, a, get a few rotation in. Watkins can start up front next. Give him, give him the Premier League start. But this this week, I want to take it easy. I want to get Keenan Davies and see what he's about, see if he's improved over the summer. You know, take it, don't take it, don't take your foot off, but like give other people a chance. This is what these matches are for. I mean, I see people say play the strongest team as possible. I, you know, I, in mind to agree, but I also, I'm intrigued as someone, you know, who's curious. I want to see, I want to see if Samat has developed. I want to see if Keenan Davis has got better. The answers are probably to those things might be no, but I don't, this is the chance to experiment a little bit, right? I think you might see a couple of players, maybe not even in the squad, if there, if there's moves close if you know we've talked don't we about the striker situation Samata Davis one of those is probably going to end up leaving whether that's a loan or, or permanent move somewhere if one of those isn't in the squad tonight you might think that they're going towards the exit door perhaps yeah and uh, I guess uh, youth players as well I know we didn't see Louis Barry in the under 23s game the two under 23s yeah. game but to my knowledge he's only played one official under 23s fixture since he's joined and you know that, that's a start he might be playing in the under-18s, which is, doesn't get as much coverage. So I'll be intrigued to see if he's in, in and around the squad. But I assume Mungo Bridge and uh, Jake Ramsey will be in because they have been in and around the first-team pitcher anyway. Yeah. They didn't start or play yesterday. I know it's different for Louis Bay, who may be involved with the under-18s. He might be in with a chance. We don't know because we assumed that he would be playing in the last two under-23s games, and he hasn't. So we have to see that. It's always... um. You kind of like throwing it up into the wind when it comes to youth players because you you know Vasilev come out of nowhere. I know he did well in the under 23s, but he came out of nowhere to be put in the first team picture because Villa were desperate. Villa aren't desperate now, are they? Like I don't get that feeling, Dan. So we'll have to yeah. see. I, I assume Mungo Bridge will be the most likely to be in and around, and Jake Ramsey as well. So we'll have to see. What do we think about the latest Freddie Gilbert news? Because last week we talked he tuned about in and uh, he got he got us last time. Yeah, we talked about last week. Oh, there's rumours from Lequipe or Lequipe, Lequipe. I still get it wrong. You've got it. Yeah, you're fine. That he might be leaving. He then he posts on Instagram saying, "No, happy at Villa. You know, fight for my place, etc." And then there's still been news since that post that we'd be open to offers for him, um, Mm -hmm. which a lot of Villa fans are looking at, going, "Why would you? Why would you sell him? He's he's still young. He works hard. He's, He's he fits the profile of the signing that we would go after. So why why get rid of him and I know obviously Matty Cash comes in and, and takes his first team place, but I would prefer Cash and Gilbert to fight it out for a right back spot than Cash has got pretty much no threat from a 32 year old El Mahmoudou. I think there's, in the opinion of Dean Smith, that Kane Kessler at fullback might be kicking on from the under 23, so that might be in his thinking. Not that you sell Gilbert 
but that if a good offer comes in, you're not going to just chuck it away. It'd be, it'd be silly. We, we paid five mil for him, didn't we? Well, my, I don't know. I, figured off. I really don't know. I, I, I remember him. He joined when we expected that we'd be in the championship, right? He joined yeah. in January. So I'm not too sure. It, it wasn't that high. It's five million or under, but it wasn't a lot of money at all. And I feel like, Saying that you're open to offers isn't necessarily selling the player, and I, you know, there's a, there's various degrees of truth. I don't think they put Samata on the transfer list, for example, and just went, you know, see you Nyland, see you Gilbert, see you uh, Samata, because that that'd be silly. But um, I, I assume if offers do come in for these players, these are the players Villa will be willing to listen for, and maybe you know, get a, get a bit of a bid going between them. So we'll yeah. see. There's been a lot of talk in uh, from Sky Sports about Villa need to sell to buy, which. Pretty much every Villa fan out there looks at and goes, absolute nonsense from Sky. Don't know what they're talking about. But there is a lot of players on that list that yeah. you would like to to move on if you can. Someone just put in the comments, you've got Engels potentially, Taylor, Elmo, Lansbury, Yotta, Samata, Keelan Davis, Neyland, Kalinic. There's a list of six or seven players there that probably need to move on for the sake of their own careers as much as Villa's wage bill. Yeah. But if no one comes in with an offer that you like, and isn't willing to pay the wages that Villa have offered them in years gone by, you're stuck with these players. Yeah, so this sell to buy, I, it, in my thinking, Villa do need to sell to buy, but that isn't due to any financial concerns. It's because they need to shape the squad. Well, yeah, it's, the squad massive. <laughs> it's, it's oversized. There's players who won't play, and they need to be moved on. Um, as you said, for the best for their careers, Lansbury deserves to be playing wherever he can find a move. As with Scott Hogan, they could, they, they've proved that they've done it at a certain level and moves has fallen out of their way. But we'll have to see. They sell to buy. When you hear that, it doesn't mean Villa are in financial trouble. Yes, they have um, FFP concerns. Big In that, FFP still exists. And it doesn't, you know, people think that has been wiped out. It hasn't been wiped out. Um, the sell to buy, it will just be over squad shape. That's it. Villa need to consider moving putting their attention on moving players out rather than buying is what I'd say. That's how you can take that, that sell-to-buy policy. We've talked about Martinez, who will sign at some point before the first Premier League game. <laughs> I don't know what's holding it up, but it pretty much from, from the Arsenal end that we've heard is basically done. Um, trial Ray from, from Leon is it also, I think he had a medical yesterday, that will get done as well at some point. After that, what else do Villa need? Or you know, we talked just before before Matt left us of how many more might come through. What do we need? Do we need more first team players, or is it a case of replacing whoever we let go in terms of positions? So, I assuming that Kane Kessler can play left back as well as right back, I feel that Villa would have to focus on a midfielder, and that instance would rely on maybe waiting to see what develops in the transfer market to see if there is someone going on deadline day or one of their targets suddenly becomes available because yeah. you know you, you lost that on Western McKinney you've lost that on other players you have to kind of then reassess you can't compete with Juventus and other clubs in some markets whereas on deadline day you might become a lot more of an, a villa I feel like villa are an attractive proposition anyway for players but when you get closer to deadline day and as, he's, as we see with like with the receipts and stuff him kind of waiting on to see what's available to him fair enough but villa have to concentrate on kind of shaping that squad seeing what opportunities come available to them and I feel like as you head towards deadline day that mid that number eight that box to box midfielder might become suddenly available so we'll have to wait and see but again I think the focus is going to be on shipping players out uh, I hope we see Rashica come in I don't think we're going to see Ben Rama at all to respond to a few questions I feel like uh, Ben Rama is from what I've seen, from what you've seen, the reports floating around, it hasn't been like that. Watkins, like he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Well, like even Rashita, where there's a bit of back and forth, that's been, yeah. I think, and the focus in terms of media is him moving to other clubs. So, West Ham look, Palace have been linked yeah. up with Ben Rama, London. 
doesn't look promising, but look, we'll have to wait on Rashid. So it, it, it seems like it's just so much back and forth there between him, other clubs. Who knows? Um, I mean, we've, we said Ollie Watkins was going to be done in talk weeks. People were saying Ollie Watkins was going to happen in 48 hours. Weeks later, he still weren't at the club. We'll have to see. Um, one player, potentially, um, who's been speaking to press in that area is uh, Emi Brendia. And that, well, you know, nothing, nothing happened yet. I'm still committed to Norwich. I'm here. I'll put my head down and, and carry on. I'd be very surprised if he was a Norwich player in the Championship next season. Um, if the if the Ben Rama deal falls through, is he one that you might look towards instead? Because yeah, I feel like you look at him now and think again. You say at the start of the season, uh, start of the window, dead cert to leave, absolutely guaranteed he leaves Norwich. But here we are in the middle of September and he's still there. So fifteen twenty million might might get you mad. You have to see. Out of all those, I said Brendier was the best one because people say, look, he don't have speed, he don't have pace, but he's beating people through dribbles and beating people through passing the ball. It doesn't You don't need that explosive. You don't necessarily need that explosive pace that everyone always goes on about. I mean, Brendier for me, if I was in charge, he would have been number one, like over Rashid, over Ben Rama, maybe even over Watkins because he did it at Premier League level for a club that was not at, not even at the level. Like yeah. Norwich were nowhere near at the level they needed and they had good players succeeding. You have Todd Cantwell still at the club starting in the Championship who should be playing in the Premier League and now you've got uh, Buendia who's, you know, he's he's going to move somewhere. Will it be Villard? I'm not sure but I feel like he would have been my main guy. He's done it. Like, he's done it at this level. He needs to take a step up. But yeah, clubs like, what, Leeds, United, Arsenal kind of rumoured and nothing has happened which is, that's odd. Like, to me, that, that sticks out more so than Ben Rama. As this one is odd, like nothing's happening here. So I want to see Villa go in there. Um, I think we'll, we'll call it a day there, to be honest. Mm. We're only going to do a short episode anyway. A little bit about the Man United friendly. Uh, did you watch it? I watched the goal, man. I, I did buy yeah, it. And I was just like, I can't. Because like friendlies, you take positives from them. I don't take negatives from friendlies. A lot of people say... Matty Cash was terrible, but we saw Chris Samba be like Franz Beckenbauer like three years <laughs> ago. Like, you know what I mean? We saw Callum O'Hare literally like doing messy turns like he's taking people out in this game then yeah. nothing happens for him at the club and you know, not necessarily any fault of their own but friendlies I like to take positives and move on like a lot of people taking a lot of negatives so the Ollie Watkins goal peak Brentford goal that is like, that's goal. the goal he scores for Brentford people saying he's not marked that's what he does he loses the marker he was yeah, marked yeah, he was marked yeah that's what he does that's what he did all season look he didn't in a pre-season game it's promising but, but a lot of people saying it's negative look he wasn't even marked and he scored a goal. Matty Cash is getting hammered. Man, I don't take nothing from that. I don't. We were unbeaten all pre-season. Doesn't mean we're going to be unbeaten in uh, the Premier League. Uh, but there's, again, all the negatives. It, the same goes to the positives as the negatives. We keep a lid on it. But, you know, I'm a positive person, optimist. I like to take the optimistic things from it, which is uh, a good Ollie Watkins goal. A good performance from Jed Steer as well. Yeah, it'll be peak Aston Villa to beat Arsenal, Man United, and friendly, and then lose to Burton Albion tonight in a competitive fixture. So, <laughs> what do I say? Um, put your neck on the line for prediction. Are we going to win tonight? Yeah, man. Three uh, one. Yeah, same. Two Easy. Easy. Nice, nice opener to the season, and then uh, on to Sheffield United on Monday, which you know. I look rubbish against Wolves last night, by the way. Yeah, even um, then, it's like the same goes for like these early Premier League games. Brighton looked all right against Chelsea. Does that mean they're going to get a Champions League place? Sheffield <laughs> United were hammered by Wolves. Does that mean they're getting relegated? Nah, no chance. The league has to develop. You're going to get these averages kind of fold out. These first eight games, nothing, always nothingness. You get nothingness out of this. 
Unless you sit in bottom of the table after those eight, in which case, time to panic. Yeah, um, but like, what, <laughs> I was going to say Watford were, weren't they? And they got then looking relegated. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll call it a day there. Like I said at the start of this, me and Matt are doing a proper sit down episode tomorrow uh, to preview the season, give our predictions ahead of the season. We'll talk a little bit more about the Grealish deal in more depth and also Villa's best 11. We're going to try and put together as well um, as things stand. So join us on the Current Blue podcast later this week. Um, probably Thursday for that and you can also watch this episode back on YouTube if you've missed it um, but we do these on Facebook Live whenever news breaks as well so come over and like our Facebook page the link of that will be in the description below thanks James for jumping on and joining me and thanks to Matt who also joined us earlier thanks everyone for the comments lots of comments coming through lots of people happy about the uh, the Grealish deal as are we and um, yes we'll be back later in the week thank you very much thank you for listening to Claret and Blue an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.